tuning you in now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. <laughs> hey there, everyone. All We're right. Back. <laughs> We're back. And Christine's back. Aha, uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Back my vacation. Well, not my vacation, my little trip to Arizona. <laughs> I, that was, I'm sad to be home. It's fun being there. So yeah, it was, yeah. it was really good to have you here. So I'm, yeah, yeah. Got lots done. it was good. Yeah, yeah, we did. We got a lot done actually. I know. I know. I know. I feel like we've done so much podcasting and video casting or whatever you want to call it. Like <laughs> I don't care anymore. It's all good. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway. Okay. Well, here we are. Um, you know what? I didn't get a chance to share last week and I wanted to was this. I don't know. I really want to know everybody's opinion about this because I think this is absolutely odd as heck. But um, I'm going to share this picture here. Um, Ikea. OK. In the UK only, though, in the UK only is giving away these massive turkey meatballs. OK, so this, <laughs> I don't even know how, what size it is. They didn't say, but it looks like the size of a turkey. You take it out of the packaging, stick it in the oven, roast it up. Here you can see um, it being covered in a little bit of gravy, all that fun stuff, right? Um, and then you would serve this up for dinner. Um, I'm just curious to know, what do you think? <laughs> would you go for this? I, I, I mean, well, so no, I, I'm not a big fan of Swedish meatballs anyway. I love like Italian meatballs, but like Swedish meatballs, no. And then like you, you like part of the part of the meatball experience is that crispy crunch on the outside and then like the warm yeah. meat on the inside and like all this is going to be is like this weird mushy warm meat and like i know like i'm not a meatloaf fan either and then you throw Aww. in like a bowl of peas behind mm-hmm. it and i'm like uh you just so lost <laughs> yeah yeah i know i'm just like oh this is so fascinating to me i'm like is this a good idea or is this a really really terrible idea but I yeah no i I like my turkey to be turkey, like real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like with the feathers just pulled out. I'm sorry to all the vegetarians out there, but uh, you know, I do enjoy turkey on Christmas, and I guess we do them at Easter as well, and um, Thanksgiving. But yeah, that's about it. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Um, I believe IKEA is actually giving 30 of these away or something like that. I don't know how they got them produced or what the deal is, but hilarious and good marketing promo. Anyway, right? Yeah, um, no, it's a good marketing promo. Yeah, yeah. Also, okay. Anyway, which leads me <laughs> to some other meatballs that are going to be happening this week or rolling out, I should say, this week. Um, it looks like Chuck E. Cheese has finally, finally launched a grown-up menu. So they're expanding their offerings and they're offering adults who are looking for, you know, that slice of pizza or some bold and spicy flavors to <laughs> mix up their uh, mix up the menu. So they're going to be offering some exclusive pizzas, spicy meatballs, different flavored wings. Here, let me share the picture of the menu here. Hopefully this translates well. So yes, you can see um, some different meatballs with different spices on them. Not as big as the Ikea one, obviously, some littler ones, which I think is actually fun. You don't see meatballs showing up in a lot of places. So I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty good and original of them. They'll have some specialty pizzas. One is obviously a meatball pizza, a spicy barbecue, a spicy Hawaiian, which sounds delicious, and a homemade a homestyle barbecue chicken. And then they're also going to be adding some wings with some different rubs, things that are just more appealing to a grown-up adult palate. Now, um, they also, which is not listed on here, will be serving uh, Buddy's Famous Cakes. And those are those really yummy cakes that are the different layers and the different colors. So they have the confetti one, the vanilla rainbow, and the chocolate fudge one that are all going to be served up. Um, 
and rolling this menu out this week, which I thought was a little crazy this time of year. You think there'd be, they'd be really busy and they'd wait for like some downtime to roll it out, or maybe they're taking advantage of the crowds that might be coming through right now. Yeah, it does seem like an interesting time to launch it because you think that they'd want to launch it in the new year, uh, you know, so that like, yeah. hey, people are going to come in during the holiday season anyway. And now the grown up menu is something maybe to get them to come back in again in the new year when January is typically a really low time for some of these places post holiday. So yeah, it does seem weird for them to launch it. And I also wonder if some of this food is from their Pasquale's pizza and wings menu. Like I wonder if they're beginning to bring in the wings and these meatballs. Like I'm not sure. I've never ordered from them before, uh, but uh, it could be that they're just trying to leverage some of that. I also find it odd that they're you know doing so many things like this and introducing some of these at a time when they just recently announced that they're looking for a sale and, you know, looking for a buyer. So, you know, parent company CEC entertainment is looking to looking for a buyer, you know, for the, their brand. brand. Yeah. Um, just announced it like in the last 24 hours, just yesterday, I think. uh, I hadn't heard that yet. Mm, Oh, that, that concerns me. That concerns me because there's one player out there. If they get, if they actually entertain the idea of buying it, they're going to have a little monopoly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like when you think, I mean, I'm sure you're thinking of uh, main event, Dave and Buster's mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm assuming maybe, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Buying up Chuck E. Cheese, it certainly would make a, make uh, a lot of sense. I also don't know how much cash they have currently at the moment because of that yeah, merger. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, I didn't mean to distract us on, from the food, but, but it is interesting. Like when you see these kinds of things also happening at the same time, they're trying to maybe make some waves, maybe, I don't know, like mm-hmm. trying to level up their brand, make them more relevant for a potential sale. I, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, they're doing some staging, some company's business staging right now. Yeah, right? like Which totally makes sense too, right? Like they go out on, um, you know, they they go out on uh, like they release this maybe before, like when it doesn't necessarily make sense because they're trying to get a bump at the end of the quarter for you know, but then also trying to catch attention. It, you know, it is interesting for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very curious. Very curious. Well, um, I guess time will tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll keep our yeah. eyes peeled to that. Well, so one of the things I, I like, I'd never heard of this and I'm actually, I'm both surprised, but also maybe not surprised because so I'd love to find out if anybody else had heard about this. There's a group called Creative Principles. They're a creative design studio and they specialize in you know, basically brand and attraction experiences. They do a bunch of thought leadership. They've written some books and released a lot of things like that. Um, and then they also have they said they've created a resource back in 2020 inspired by the great Harrison Buzz Price. And he wrote a book called uh, something about Walt, you know, Walt's creative pricing or something like that. I'll pull it up here in a second. Um, but basically it was around pioneering roller coaster math and like feasibility studies and how to like make sure, okay, you're going to get enough throughput and flow for, for, you know, your different attractions you're putting in and your theme park. Well, they've recently updated it and now you can crunch um, you know, peak day, design day, and other feasibility numbers for museums and any other attractions that you might be working on. And so I'll pull, you know, like the logo here is this, uh, you know, it's called Ask Buzz. And you can check it out at ask.buzz.com or just, excuse me, ask.buzz is the actual URL. And so I thought it'd be fun to just take a look at this and, and try it real quick here. So I'll pull up their website on the stage and then, you know, let's just try this here. So if I go to museums, because um, we've already done the theme parks and the museums are probably a little bit closer to LBEs. If we go to the free form right now, it asks you to fill out a form. And frankly, I don't want to get uh, contacted by their sales team at the moment. Um, but let's say here, what will your museum's attendance be seasonal? You know, say no, because a lot of museums are indoors. So let's assume it's not seasonal. Um, average length of stay. Uh, most museums will say three plus hours, unless it's like depending on the type of museum, but most museums are typically 
you know, three plus, uh, what would your contain, um, let's call it experiences more than, you know, maybe it's like the, the St. Louis uh, city museum or something. It'll arrive by a car. Um, how many square feet do you need? And, you know, let's say our museum is going to be, uh, call it 150,000 square feet. All right. So then we ask buzz and he comes back with some month, you know, peak month, you need 21,000 guests. Um, Oh, I think I did this wrong. Desired attendance instead of square feet. What is your desired attendance? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say your desired attendance is, yeah, 250,000. Mm-hmm. Right? So peak month here gives you peak week, peak day, design day, and then your peak design day on site. So, uh, you know, pretty interesting. And then you have the ability to drill down into these other different questions. So how much space will we need for parking? So you'll need 50,000 square feet just for parking in order to accommodate this many guests. Um, what's my rough budget? Well, you need 25 million to build out your, your museum. It seems a little high for a museum probably, but I guess it depends on your artifacts and what you're buying. You know, this is in US dollars. This is in US dollars. Yeah. Yeah. This is in US dollars. So anyway, I just thought this was, uh, this is a lot of fun and, you know, you can ask it some other questions and dig in, uh, you know, dig in a little bit. And then this is the book that is built around Walt's revolution by the numbers by Harrison buzz price. So I mm-hmm. uh, just thought it was a, a little, little fun thing to check out over the holiday season and have fun playing around with it. <laughs> oh my God. It would drive me nuts. <laughs> I'd be so frustrated and pulling my hair out. I'd be like, give me that spreadsheet. I need to see the calculations, the numbers, make sure everything is accurate. Is this, what, like, what's the price in here? What's the conversion? <laughs> Are they, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because so, so first of all, it says, you know, in this, I'll, I'll use, I'll, maybe I'll say their little disclaimer. Um, users are reminded that ask.buzz is a tool for attraction designers because it's math excludes so many variables that a feasibility expert would evaluate is not intended to be the foundation for any investment choices. Right. So mm-hmm. that's their little disclaimer because yeah, obviously you want to be careful obviously, you know, with, with what you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is this where bad gossip and bad rumors about how to build things start though? <laughs> like, Does it need to be more accurate than this? I wonder, I'm pondering this right now. <laughs> yeah, I do think that they probably should be, should do better at making it clearer on their website, right? Because that, that disclaimer wasn't anywhere on their website. That was actually in the article that I was reading about it. So I, I think they should probably make that disclaimer like right at the top. Like this is meant to be a fun tool, you know, used generally for designers, like early stage, you know, designing of your facility. Yeah, for sure. No, it's super cute. What a what a great idea. I love it. And, and and anyone just popping in, if they have no idea how much it actually costs to build something like that, I think they'd be rather surprised and be like, oh my God, it's way more expensive than I thought it was going to be, right? Yes, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, but that, I mean, I think that was my big question. Is there inflation in there now? Like, yeah, is that like today's prices? How up to date well, they, they, they did just update it. So it should be today's oh, prices. Okay, yeah, cool. It was just updated right um, you know, for 2023 numbers and yeah. some additional data as well. Oh, that's super fun. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. You know what else is super fun? I love this. The differences between Canadians and Americans. Like, I think, I think I find it so amusing all the time because I mean, I I come back and forth from Canada all the time. And I know you've never had an opportunity to visit here. And I really hope you do one day because I want to be like, Hey, check this out. See the differences. Right. But everybody, like, we all think we're so alike, like, and we are so alike, but there are some really interesting differences, right? Like there's things that will, you and I will be having these conversations and you're like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what was it this morning? You're like, what's a keener? And I don't know. Yeah. 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 And I was like, okay, so, you know, we had to dive into that. And I remember telling someone, oh, um, I'm parked in the parkade. And they're like, what's a parkade? And I'm like, oh, I guess it's a parking garage is what you guys would call it. You know, there's like this, these little isms between the two countries that are just a little bit different, right? 
And we also have way less people. Like we were, it was interesting. We were looking at uh, the population of Canada and most of the population of Canada is actually below the highest point in the North of the U S when we were looking at like 70% of our population is in that tiny little tip around Toronto area. Right. So um, just the whole dynamics of the country are a bit um, interesting. Anyway, I'm going to get off that topic, but the other thing that's different about Canada and the U S is that Canada has five pin bowling and the U S has duck pin bowling, which are actually a little bit different to be honest. Um, so most of you are probably like, what the heck is five pin bowling? I've never heard of it before. Um, but it, it five pin was actually a Canadian invention that replaced 10 pin bowling because up in Canada, we're like 10 pins too much. We can't handle it. <laughs> so in the early 1900s um, in Canada, there was a demand for something a little bit lighter and more accessible. And there you go. Five pin was born. So what five pin is, is it's smaller balls, no finger holes are needed. And actually here, I'm going to pop up a picture to show the difference between five and duck pin. Um, no finger holes are needed. And you guessed it, just five pins. So you can see five pins are on the right here. We've got duck pin on the left. Um, fast forward today, five pin bowling is truly a Canadian culture, a staple in our culture here. It's everywhere. And you know what, for the longest time, I didn't even know that 10 pin existed because we have so much five pin here. That's, I grew up playing five pin, little balls, easy to play. It was super fun. Maybe it would have been better with a little bit more pins. Like I kind of like the duck pin on the left there. Like there's more pins to knock down, more noise to be had. Right. Um, but what are truly the difference here? So in five pin, the balls are a little bit lighter than duck pin. Um, the duck pin balls, which look to be the same size, um, are just a little bit heavier. Um, with five pin, the pins, you only get five of them, and they're just a bit taller and a bit thinner than the duck pins. You can see on the left, the duck ones are a little bit squattier, and they look a little bit heavier. Um, the scoring is different. With five pin, you can get up to 450 points. With duck pin, the max is 300 points. Uh, but they both have three balls per frame, which is a bit different because in 10 pin, it's only two right until the last frame. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to point out is that five pin lanes are usually longer than duck pins. So five pin lanes here in Canada are almost the same length as a 10 pin. I mean, not always, but typically, right? Um, where when you look at a duck pin lane there, you definitely know they're far shorter than a regular 10 pin lane. Um, and I mean, I love the game of 10 pin because as an operator, it solves so many of the problems that you get with 10 pins. So number one, it appeals to such a large age range. So I could get the little guys that could pick up a ball and they could throw it down the alley, right? We didn't have to worry about what was that, that bumper or the big, the big bowling ramp that you had to put up and set up for them. Um, on our five pin lanes, we have the bumpers on the side, so we didn't have to worry about that. They take up way less square footage because the lanes weren't quite as long and they were a bit smaller um, and they don't cost as much. Um, but you can still create that same kind of bowling experience. You can still set the furniture up. You still have the whole system and it's super fun, which leads me to something that I cannot wait to try. And I'm going to pull up a little video of this, but Brunswick has just launched um, their first uh, immersive spark duck pin bowling experience. And if you were at the IAPA show and you got to Andretti's, you might've got to see it there, but let me share this with you because it just looks so much fun. Okay. Alrighty, let's go. All right, I'm just gonna end that there, but I I, I think Brennan and I have been talking about this for a while and we were waiting for Duckpin to get this a super layover of the Spark system that Brunswick has. 
Yeah, I, I'm so I'm super excited about this. And, um, you know, Adam, uh, who's listening in on LinkedIn, actually said that he believes that uh, the Spark was developed by Touch Magics, which, you know, makes a lot of sense with the, you know, yes. projection mapping. And that's really their expertise. And, and, you know, I'm really, really excited for this. I love the Spark Bowling product. And I think it, it brings in it, it allow it, it creates more accessibility for the bowling game, the game of bowling and using those lanes and being able to do this for duck pin, you know, obviously, which is better for like all the reasons you said, I think is just, it, it's like, why didn't that happen sooner? And in fact, I'm actually surprised that spark didn't happen on duck pin first and then move over to the full 10 pin lanes. But, um, you know, but either way, I'm very excited about this product. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, actually, I, I wish we would have gone to Andretti's to try it. <laughs> I kind of was we like, a little bit upset. There was just too many things going on. <laughs> yeah, we were at we were at Andretti's in Orlando anyway, and like I, I didn't know that they had it there in Orlando. Like I totally would have tried it. I didn't realize that that's where it was. I mean, I was there Saturday night. We could have easily done it then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, definitely we'll try it next time in in Orlando, which you know maybe the last week of uh, last week of January. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So all right. So looking at a couple of uh, like another place here that I've actually really like uh, <laughs> I sometimes we'll we'll talk about places in very small rural areas and like just kind of wonder what the hell they're thinking and I sort of think that about this place but at the same time he's done a really good job and so I'm talking about Piccadilly Palace and they are based in Union Missouri which is apparently the 71st most populous city in Missouri which if anybody knows Missouri there's really only a couple of populous cities in the first place and so they have a population of 12,000 people. And uh, they recently, this guy, Scott Shu, uh, presuming I'm saying his last name right, it's S-H-U-H, uh, he purchased the Nothing Fancy Rink in 2000, late 2022. So basically like around this time last year. And he owns several laundromats and he owns like a discount pharmacy in the area. And actually next to one of his laundromats, he's put in an arcade. I think he just got the itch to do something more for, for the community. And so he decided to buy this, buy this nothing fancy arcade rink, uh, or excuse me, roller rink. And he's actually done a good job of pulling it up here, remodeling it. I mean, this, this is, uh, you know, clearly like the, the structure and shape and size of it, like has a smacks of like a 1980s roller rink, but the renovation he's done is really good. It's a brand new flooring. The lighting is the, the latest version of lighting, um, repaint and good branding in general, um, all new arcade games, like everything looks totally refreshed. And so he's definitely good, done a good job there. And they recently opened in June of this year. So they just opened, but already he's doing additional development He's putting in an interactive blacklight mini golf, which is actually a separate building with five golf simulators. And then this, that building will also have a bar and a grill. Cause right now it's just this concessions that are here, just basic concessions in the Piccadilly palace. Uh, but then he's also doing a virtual reality arena and he's doing e-gaming where, you know, a facility for e-gaming. And interestingly, he chose the virtual reality arena just because laser tag, he was considering laser tag as well, but he chose virtual reality because you can change the attraction more easily than you can with laser tag. Like if you want to change the whole theme and the experience, it's much more expensive. And then this is the really big one, which I was like, all those other things, those additions made sense in a small community at some level. Like it still is a lot of investment, frankly, for a 12,000 um, mm-hmm. you know, 12,000 people in their community, but they are also going and he's building a 30,000 square foot indoor, fully indoor go-kart, like multi-level go-kart track. 
And that to me just seems like he's reaching a little bit further, but like, this is the way he makes his decisions. So I'll just, I'll just quote him here. So he's also, it says he's also considering building a trampoline park after hearing from a woman who wanted one provided it has an area where children with special needs can play. And he says, I'll look at it. He said, I don't mind. He said, getting ideas from the public is how the go-kart track came about. And so I feel like at some level, this guy just has a bunch of money to burn. Maybe doesn't care so much about whether or not each of these things makes money. And they're just trying to do something for the community. But um, the go-kart track might be jumping the shark a bit. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Christine? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I'm just kind of, I was just in my head trying to calculate what a go-kart track would cost, but you're probably half million in at least. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're building, because he built the building, he's built a, a multi-level track, right? Um, like you're half million there. And then let's add your go-karts on. You're looking at probably another 125 plus the system, another, you know, like you're, yeah, you're, you're heavy duty in there. Like that's going to take a long time to recoup the yeah. money. But if he doesn't care. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, he's doing, Whoa. this is the picture of the construction. He's doing full on construction. I mean, like this is not just dropping a, 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 you know, simple building on the land. I mean, he's moving earth. Beautiful. I mean, uh, good luck to him. I hope it works out. And maybe he doesn't care about money. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Gosh. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I just thought this was interesting. So like, this is where Union, Missouri is. If you follow this all the way out along the Route 44, you'll get eventually to St. Louis, which is probably about an hour away. Otherwise, it's just in the middle of nowhere, a bunch mm -hmm. of small towns. But I bet mm -hmm. you, you know, it's going to be a draw, at least from a lot of these other small towns. So he probably has maybe 30, 40,000 people to draw from, you know, when you bring in some of these other small towns that are connected. But, right. um, but you know, anyway, thought that uh, that's, yeah, that's a bit, bit aggressive. Maybe they have nothing else to do there and he'll put some really great leagues in at night and he'll make a killing and we'll all be surprised. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Adam. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> awesome stuff. Um, do you know what, though? I really like his logo. I thought they did a good job. And I actually I Googled what a Piccadilly was because I didn't know. And it, do you know it was actually it's a collar. It's a high wing collar is what a Piccadilly is. Yeah, um, uh, I had I had no idea. Actually, I'm glad you googled that. I had no idea, but no, I think he actually has done a really good job. He's you know for somebody who's not from the industry, he has some owned some laundromats and in an arcade. I felt like he really came in and he did it. He did do a good job. Um, yeah, one of the suggestions was to you know, from Adams to build an airport nearby to attract tourists. So yeah, I think maybe he needs to do that. I just want to mention here, um, so everybody knows, if you comment on LinkedIn, we don't have the ability to comment back to you, unfortunately, just through our platform. We can comment back to everything else. We just cannot comment back to LinkedIn. So we're not ignoring your comments. <laughs> we appreciate them. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. Well, LBXers, cool. this is BW and CV signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, Christmas edition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. See you